Good morning, you guys. It's nice and pleasant in here. The air's working, right? And uh, it is great to be back with you guys teaching this morning. If you are new here the last couple weeks, uh, we may not have met in the lobby or you've seen me at all. Um, my name is Michael Bowers. I'm the pastor at Rich Fork. Um, and back in April, I had a little bit of a, a panic moment in that I was staring down at May and I realized something. I realized that within uh, about an eight-day period, I was going to have a 10-day period, I was going to have a child graduate from college. Uh, and then I was going to have, um, and, hey, she payments are here, hers now, right? Um, and uh, she's done. And my, my oldest son was going to be finishing his first year of college, starting a new job at a, another church um, in the area, which he begins this morning. Um, and so that, that little change is going on. Then uh, my son, Jonathan, um, he was graduating uh, high school and starting a new job, and then we were shipping off the kid who graduated college to go off to summer camp to be a camp counselor for this summer with Windshape, which, by the way, starts two weeks tomorrow here at Rich Fork. Um, just in case you're not signed up yet, you can still do that. Um, and, and then my youngest uh, is trying to work really hard to get, get done with school and get all those type of things. And, and then on top of that, I thought, man, I need to step away and just plan for this summer. And so that's what I did the last couple weeks. Uh, just stepped out of this place and had some time to pray and plan um, and get ready. And I am so excited about the opportunity that we're going to have um, to walk through the book of Proverbs together. But here's the other thing that, that, that having a couple Sundays off back-to-back afforded me is last Sunday, I had the chance to roam the halls. Not as the principal, okay? Uh, I had a chance to roam, no knock principals in the room, all right? Uh, I had a chance to roam the halls and just to watch and I cannot highlight every one of our volunteers um, in all of our services and musicians and all the different places that take place here. I can't highlight everybody, so I'm just going to highlight one, all right? One moment that I got to witness last Sunday. Um, we have an incredible special needs ministry here. And last Sunday during the, the 10 o'clock hour, I was downstairs. I was in the media center and um, I was speaking with a volunteer named Melanie, and I said, Melanie, what you guys getting ready for? And she said, well, we have these guitar, and they're specially made um, so people can just press one button, and they can make a chord and, and play music. A lot of us would like to have those to, to, to do all the time. And, and she said, so we, we give them to our special needs students when they come in, and we play songs, and we sing. And I said, man, i got to stay for this. And so I stayed, and they, they passed out guitars to some of our students, and some of them had tambourines, and some of them had little shaker percussion instruments. And all of a sudden, they started playing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, which comes from Jesus's mouth where he says, you are to be the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be put away. And I got to watch not just one volunteer lead them, but I stepped back and I watched a few of our children who serve and love on those specific students. I got to watch other adult volunteers, but here's what I know. And here's what I just want to take a minute and say to you. That moment did not happen because one volunteer brought some guitars in and sat with a group of students. That moment happened because dozens of other roles took place all around this campus on a Sunday morning to make that moment happen. And in whatever role you serve in, I just want to say thanks. Thank you for all the different capacities that you played to make that moment happen. Because those moments where we get to share the grace of Jesus Christ 
are all of our responsibility. And you guys are doing an awesome job. So I just want to take a minute and say thank you to all of you. You're clapping for yourself, all right? Um, but just an awesome thing for me to get to, to witness. And uh, let's pray this morning as we go into his word. God, thank you for all the folks who serve in so many capacities here. It is a blessing. It's an honor to be able to watch and, and to go home and just be amazed that in your grace and your mercy, God, you've allowed me to serve as a pastor here, as a, as a servant here alongside of some other great servants. So thank you. Thank you that they're pouring Jesus into all types of situations. And so, God, we want to honor you with your word today. We want to grow in that this summer. Help us mature in those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, another rare occasion happened for us this week. My sons and I, uh, my son was home from college, was not at work yet for the day, and my other son wasn't at work. And so we had a rare moment where we got to go out to lunch together. And uh, so I took a little time and went out Wednesday for lunch, and we were sitting in a local Mexican restaurant. We uh, were doing what you do, which was filling up on chips, therefore not able to eat your real food when it came. And, and we're sitting there, and, I, and I, I thought something was strange in the restaurant. And I could not quite put a finger on it until all of a sudden we're, we're eating our chips and things are going on and the music suddenly came on to the speakers. And here's why this was strange to me. Because we live in what? A noisy world. All around us, there's noises. If we go into a restaurant and there's no music playing and there's no talking going on and we're sitting there on our phones, which we weren't in that moment, but, but if we're sitting there on our phones, then there's just this awkwardness because everywhere you go, if you go to the doctor, you go to a restaurant, you go to the hospital, you walk in, and there's music playing. And if there's not just music playing, there's televisions that are not sh- they're showing something, but the music's playing something else, and you're trying to read this and listen to this, and all these things are going on in your brain. It's a noise world. It's all around us. And if that's not enough, there's visual noise. And what I mean by that is in the middle of the noise noise happening, we grab our phones and we look and we look at the all ever truthful internet, right? And we begin looking up and we begin watching the funniest video and passing it over to our friends. And we begin looking at this and Snapchatting that and making conversations with that. And there's so much information around us. How do we stop And find what we need to find. How do we stop all the noise and push it back for a a moment or two? Just just try it sometime. Try going somewhere in in your car. Try sitting in silence. That would be a great experiment for some of your families this morning. You go load in the van this morning or the Suburban and you sit out in the parking lot and say, let's sit in 30 seconds for silence. And by the end, somebody's jumping out of the car, right? You're like, I can't handle it, right? Because there's noise and that means putting down the phones, putting down any distractions and just, just. So where do we go and how do we get to that place that we're listening How do we get to the place where we're seeking wisdom and discernment, truth, instruction, knowledge? Because in the middle of all the information that we have, what is needed today is not more information, but more wisdom. We need more wisdom. Wisdom is not a fortune cookie. Wisdom is not a horoscope. Wisdom is not simply more information so that you can be the next winner on Jeopardy. 
anybody's watching that, we're kind of obsessed with it in our house, all right? Wisdom is not a theory. Wisdom is not a high IQ. Wisdom is knowing for our summer, for June, we're going to function from this premise. Wisdom is knowing and doing what is right. Would you repeat that with me? Wisdom is knowing and doing what is right. Because the people that you would say, if you would say, hey, if I would come to you and say, Pastor, and I would say, hey, to you, tell me somebody you consider to be wise. It would not simply be somebody that you say is intellectually smart. It is someone that you would say their lives and their actions match. You would say that's a wise person. Because wisdom is knowing and doing what is right. In the middle of the Old Testament... There's a book of the Bible which challenges the reader. The book is Proverbs. And it challenges the, the reader to drown out the noise and to examine some key thoughts, some key ideas, principles to live by, promises to live by. Now you think, well, Proverbs was written 2,000 years ago. How applicable can it be? Give it a shot. You're going to see. Because 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, people were still making the same struggles, having the same difficulties, the same responses. They needed guidance when it came to wealth. They needed guidance when it came to struggles, when it came to temptation. So a guy by the name of Solomon writes most of the Proverbs. And, and in these Proverbs, he, he writes these words of wisdom, although at times he struggled in his own life with wisdom. So he compiled these words of wisdom in a format. And so how it works is there's, uh, there's 31 Proverbs, and for June it's going to be important for us. We'll talk about that later on. But there are chapters that are full of Proverbs, and then inside of those there are uh, 18 to 25 individual Proverbs that can be sometimes broken down and sometimes a part of a larger unit. So they're a little interesting for us to read. But understand this, so why did, why did this book get written the way it is? You live in a society where you can gain information constantly, where it can be duplicated. You can walk into a store, you can walk into your office, and you can make 100 copies of something relatively quickly, and you can dispense that. The only people, remember, in this time period, hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus Christ, thousands of years before a copy press was invented, the only people who could get literature made for them, were the most wealthy. If they had the wealth, if they were kings or wise people, they could get portions of, pieces of things made in duplication for them. But by and large, you and I would have never gained access to books, large chunks of information. So what Solomon did is he wrote in the, in the format that fit the age, they were a storytelling society. They were an oral tradition, meaning they spoke things and they passed it down from generation to generation to generation. If Solomon would have written a novel on Proverbs, a, knowledge, a novel on pride, you would have never heard of it. If Solomon would have written a four journal with thousands of pages on pride, you would have never seen it because it would not have been duplicated in the way that you and I function. The people would not have been able to replicate it. Instead, Solomon wrote in Proverbs. Short phrases with long experience, as one author says, 
And you know what, what Solomon said about, about pride. You may not know that. You know what he says. But pride goes before a fall. Huh. It works. Solomon wrote it. You have quoted it. And you have passed it on from generation to generation. And this is the oral tradition that they lived in. Phrases. Because it had to be passed from people to people. So they touch every facet of life. Wisdom is knowing and doing what is right. So we're going to give a little bit of an introduction. Those who are on vacation are going to be a little behind the curve when they come in next week, all right? Uh, But we'll catch them up when they come in next Sunday to the book of Proverbs. So if you turn to Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to look at just a few verses as we jump into this examination of wisdom. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. The purpose of Proverbs is to teach wisdom. Wisdom contains the skills for living. Now, I learned something this week. Um, as I was studying and getting ready for this, actually a couple weeks ago, this popped off a page as I was reading it. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to try to impress you that, that Hebrew and Greek and the original language, but it's kind of important right here. This word, wisdom, has a history in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the story of God's children, the Israelites. The group of people that moved and, and, and grew and they disobeyed and they, God forgave them. And all their stories contained for us in the Old Testament. But one of the things that happened in their history is at one point, God said and gave them instructions. He said, I want you to build a tabernacle, a holy place for the presence of God. And inside of that, there's going to be a place for the high priest to go to make sacrifices. I also would like for you to handcraft garments for the high priest to wear to go into this place. And at one point, he says to the people, You need to speak. God's given him instruction. He says, you need to speak to all the skillful people with whom I have filled with a spirit of skill that they make the garments for the high priest. Now, what in the world does that have to do with your life? Here's what's important. Certain people had certain trades. They could sew. They could handcraft. And God said, take everybody who I have given the spirit of, of skill. Same word for wisdom. I have given them a trade. I have given them a knowledge for them to do something that I'm calling them to do. I have given them the knowledge by which to do what I've asked them to do. I have given them the knowledge to live by, to create using the skill. And the same is true for us. God has desires for each of us to understand that he desires to give us the skills to live by in our daily lives. God is going to provide wisdom, skill to live life, knowledge to know, and to do the right thing. Wisdom is not a fleeting intellect. It is a skillful action for daily living. Listen to what he says there in those verses 2 through 4. He says, receive instruction. Grow in understanding. 
right behavior, righteousness. Ability to make decisions, justice. Moral integrity, the word equity. The ability to detect wisdom in others, prudence or discernment. Knowledge and thoughtfulness in decisions. It's the word for discretion. That is wisdom. Again, if I were to sit across a table from you today and ask you, would you like to be more equipped in making sound decisions, making right decisions, have the ability to guide others, have integrity, and be able to find that in other people, to be thoughtful in all your decisions... I would imagine that 100% of us would go, sign me up. Solomon is conveying that the teachings, the Proverbs, to train us to live skillfully in every avenue of our lives. Now, I want you to see something this morning. Don't get offended, all right, as you walk through this. Verse 4, it says at the end, what does it say? Discretion to the, anybody still looking at your Bible? It's not on the screen. Discretion to the who? To the youth. How many of you in the room are under 25 years of age? Raise your hand. Under 25. Under 25. Raise your hand. Proud. 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 Raise your hand. All right. Everybody take a look around. Newsflash. You need more wisdom. It is an acquired skill. You have to seek it. You have to search for it. You have to pursue it. In this context that God is laying out for you, undoubtedly, without a doubt, you need more of it. To attain wisdom, a key facet for you is don't trade your desire that God has given you for your life versus what for what you want in a moment. You're young. You have the world ahead of you. Seek wisdom, instruction, counsel, discernment, integrity. Don't trade what you desire for your life or what you want in a moment. Pursue these things. Now, those of you who are 25 years and older, you're shaking your heads right now. Oh, tell them, preacher, they need that wisdom. I've lived life and I could tell them a thing or two. If you are over 25 years old, raise your hand. You need more wisdom. Right? Verse 5 does not exclude you. See this. He says, let the wise hear and increase in understanding. You may say, well, I'm wiser than them because I've made huge mistakes and I've walked through some difficulties and I'm wiser than that 19-year-old in the room. And you may be. But there's nothing in Scripture that says, hey, you know, I think i got to figure it out. No, he says, let the wise hear, drown out the noise, and listen. And the one who understands obtains guidance. To continue to gain wisdom, we must be willing to learn from our past and seek wisdom in the future. See, man, we're, we're young, we're under 25, we're like, man, I, wanna, I want this, but my desire and God-given desire is this. Don't, don't trade that moment for that lifetime. 
And some of us have gained a little bit more experience and you're going, okay, man, you're sounding like the old preacher now. You're 47, okay? It's not that bad. You'll be there soon, all right? What do I have to do? I have to continue to seek and gain wisdom and be willing to learn from my past and seek wisdom for the future to gain understanding. Because wisdom is knowing and doing what is right. We must be wise and keep getting wiser. Now, as I was preparing for this series, I think there's a key to unlock this book of Proverbs. I believe it's found in verse 7. Let's look at this key for a moment. Let it, let it kind of unleash Proverbs for us this morning. Solomon says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Eighteen times you're going to see in the book of Proverbs the phrase, the fear of the Lord is used. Fearing the Lord, we are acknowledging with our hearts that he's the creator, that I'm the created. We're acknowledging he's the father, we are the children. We're acknowledging he is the master and we are his servants. We respect God for who he is. We must listen carefully to what he says. We must obey his word. Fear the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? Or do you trust yourself with your path for your direction in life? Do you fear the Lord? Do you acknowledge him as the creator? You as the creator, him as the father, you as the children, him as the master, you as the servant. Do you trust his teachings of his word over your own thoughts and ways? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Vast difference, fools despise wisdom and instruction. To fear God is to know God. I want to just unpack this phrase for just a moment. The fear of the Lord. Some of us hear that and we go, the fear of the Lord. Man, that makes me a little uncomfortable. It's like an alarm going off. It is. When the Lord is mentioned in Scripture, and there's a reference to the presence of the Lord, what did people do? Hit their face hid behind a rock. The angels bowed in the presence of the Lord because there was a reverent fear and respect. Why? Because he is holy and we are sinful. We must fear, reverently fear, that he is holy, we are sinful. He is perfect, we are not. His position of holiness places us in a place of fear, a place of alarm, a place of saying, you're God and I am not. This is so important to this entire series. This is so important to the Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is not driven by a vindictive God ready to smite you. Can I say that again? The fear of the Lord is not the thought of God has a little red button beside him that says smite and he's waiting for you to make one bad move, hits it, gone. But neither is true 
couple years ago, some of you may have seen there was a campaign uh, online, and some, some folks, you may have one of these. If so, you're really going to be offended, okay? Um, there were T-shirts, and there were bumper stickers, and there were hats, and it said, Jesus is my homeboy. He's not. He is holy. He is perfect. He is sinless. You've got one side of people that say, man, God is vindictive. Uh, the fear of the Lord, man, that's a hard one to wrestle with. And then you've got others say, man, don't fear the Lord. He's your homeboy. He's your buddy. He's neither. He is God. Fear the Lord. And here's why. At the cross of Jesus Christ, a holy God poured out his hatred of sin upon a perfect sacrifice. A holy God pulled out all the wrath, all his hatred, all his anger of sin towards his only son. And he became the payment for your sin and mine. But that same God at that same cross was inviting you to come to give you life, to give you forgiveness, to give you hope. Fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A holy God because of his holiness and because of his perfection, had to take that wrath out on a payment. But because of his offering of Jesus Christ, the fear of the Lord is our trusting in him, opening his heart to us through the death of his own son. We must see Wisdom is dispensed through a personal relationship with a holy God made available to us by Jesus Christ. He's not vindictive. He's not your buddy. He's your Savior. Wisdom is dispensed through a personal relationship with a holy God. Do you fear the Lord? Do you have a relationship with him? He desires it of you. Through the grace of Jesus Christ, he desires a relationship with you. So that you can not only know what's right, but you can do what's right. Later on in the book of James, James echoes what Proverbs does. Hundreds of years later, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. God is not trying to hide wisdom from you. He's not trying to tuck it behind a rock and make it mysterious. In fact, he's trying to do the opposite. He's trying to say, let me lay it out there for you. Let me teach it to you. Let me guide you towards it. Let me lead you to it. Let me direct you. Let me give it to you in little bite-sized phrases that you can... Grasp. But Solomon wrote, some will pursue it, but the foolish will run from it. Such a huge distinction there. Reverence delivers wisdom. Fools resist wisdom and instruction. 
But in order to receive these words, we got to turn down the noise and turn up the things of the Lord, from the Lord, to draw us to the Lord. So I've got a challenge for you for this beginning of summer. I've got a challenge for you that I, I want you to take. I want you to pursue wisdom on a journey through the month of June, and I want us to do it collectively. Again, the book of Proverbs is divided up into 31 chapters. I don't know if that was exactly because God knew in his knowledge that hundreds and thousands of years later, we would have a calendar that had 31 days in the longest month. I don't know, all right? That's pretty awesome, if you ask me. Uh, but out in the lobby this morning, there's going to be a couple folks that are going to uh, make these journals available um, for you to purchase. They're $5. If you can't afford it, let us know. But inside, outside, there's going to be a little guide for you. And inside, it's pretty simple. It just has Proverbs on one side and a blank page on the other. And so I'm just going to ask you on June 1st to read Proverbs chapter 1. There's some questions that are going to be given to you on the outside to help you walk through that. To read a proverb a day. And to ask God... God, I want to be a wise person. Would you help me? Would you show me? If you're not a believer this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to grab one of these and and to see the God of the universe, the creator, the sustainer, the life giver is saying, hey, let me give you some guidelines to examine for your life, some promises. So those are going to be out there in in the lobby for you. The other thing that we're going to do this summer is uh, so you can keep up. Some of you are going to go on vacation in the, in the month of June. Some of you are going to miss a Sunday or two. Uh, more than that, and the smite button does come into play. No, I'm just kidding, all right? Just seeing if you're paying attention. All right, this room is paying attention. You guys are in fear, all right? Uh, and so yeah, here's what's going to happen. June 2nd, I'm going to preach on Proverbs chapter 2. June 9th, I'm going to preach on Proverbs. Let's try this again. June 2nd, Proverbs 2. June 9th, Proverbs 9. June 16th, Proverbs If any of you said four, we were in big trouble, right? So you're going to know ahead of time. You're going to know where I'm going to be in my notes. You're going to have the sermon title. You're going to be able, if you're on vacation, to read through and say, man, this is where the pastor's going to be today throughout the month of June. And we want you to walk and take this challenge with us. You don't have to buy one of these. You've got your Bible. You've got a, a notepad. You can do the same thing, all right? Um, you can make, ask the same questions, walk through that with us. Um, here's the other challenge, though. Here's the bigger step. All year long, we've been asking you, do you want to be a disciple maker? You've heard us preach on that and teach on that. And so here's another opportunity to go up to a friend of yours, to go up to a family member. They may go to church. They may not go to church. And walk up to them and say, hey, would you like to make wise decisions? Now, I know that's a little awkward, but maybe you could fit it into a conversation somehow. And you just say as a conversation, hey, you know, I'm, I'm being challenged to make wise decisions. Do you want to make wise decisions? And they're going to say, well, sure I do. I mean, what kind of question is that? Hey, by the way, I've got this journal. I'd like for you to walk through it with me. I, I, I bought it for you. So please don't throw it away. It's five bucks, all right? I, I, I bought this for you and I'm going to read a, a page. You're going to read a page. We're going to walk through this together. We're going to walk through this, and we're going to learn to become people who not only know the words of the Lord, but act upon it. There's one more challenge. Those are in the lobby after the service, but there's one more part of this challenge, most important part. The challenge this morning is to ask yourself, 
do I have a relationship with the God of wisdom? Through the grace of Jesus Christ, through a God who offered his son Jesus as a payment for your sins, do you have a relationship with the God of wisdom? Because he desires for you to have one. And my opportunity this morning will be to pray with you. There'll probably be a couple other folks that are standing up here this morning that would be willing to pray with you, to talk with you, to say, I I don't have a relationship with the God of wisdom, but I'd like one. We would love the opportunity to talk with you, to pray with you, to lead you, to guide you towards those steps. We're going to learn to walk wisely this summer. Let's pray.